DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. We are joined now by Jason Christ from Ralsaw Lake. Jason, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. We're curious. Are you in Utah, Miami, or St. Louis? I am in Fort Lauderdale, actually. Not Miami, but yeah, South Florida here. Watching the guys train right now. Is this a, is this a trip down memory lane? For people who don't know, when the Miami Fusion... Uh, folded uh, 20 however many years ago. You were there. Former head coach Jeff Kassar had been there. Nick Ramonda was there. Kyle Beckerman was there. Um, longtime broadcaster and uh, member of the original team Brian Dunseth was there. How many? How did so many guys end up in Utah who were in Miami at one point? This one there. Pablo Marcarelli was in Miami. Pablo! Like, I knew I forgot somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, a lot of <laughs> lot of connections there, isn't it? And um, I never played here, but I did come down here quite a few times to play away games at, at the old Lockhart Stadium. So, interesting now that the, the new stadium sits on the exact same site and the training facility just across the street. So, they have a really nice setup here for sure. How do you balance maybe possibly missed opportunity with a stronger second half as far as optimism going forward, recognizing it's just barely getting started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting game, right? Really, it's only two halves. Well, the first half, you saw a team that looked extremely nervous about the uh, about the scene. And, you know, obviously, with, with players like Messi and Suarez and Busquets out there and Jordi Alba, you know, I think we just gave them a lot, a lot too much respect. Um, but also just the guys being nervous about the about the whole event. Um, and then when they settled down, you know, I thought towards the end of the first half was looking pretty good. We had a couple of really good chances. And then the entire second half, for me, was a much better indication of what we want to do and how we want to play. Miami gave the ball uh, in the first 20, 25 minutes. I think they had five or six really bad giveaways deep in their end. Now, they'd had an issue with that in some of the preseason stuff I saw. So how much do you think that was – Miami is just struggling with this portion of the game at this por- in this portion of the season, and how much is that a sign of how good RSL is going to be when they bring that high pressure? Yeah, I think you, you, you hit it right. You know, obviously, I don't think that either team is probably nearly as sharp as they're going to become. Uh, a lot of unforced errors in the game overall, actually, both half. Um, but also, you know, it's part of what I was saying earlier about as part of the group looking a little bit nervous, I thought we were really hesitant to just apply pressure to our opponent. And once we did that, I know Pablo had a good word with the, with the guys at halftime. Once we did that in the second half, you saw things change. Um, and I do agree. I think that that's probably going to be one of Miami's downfalls this year is that, that you know, they, they tend to give the ball away pretty simply and cheaply in bad spots in the field. Saw some a little bit of frustration over missed opportunities. Is something that you feel like can be fairly easily ironed out? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. In the first half, I thought Chicho's chance was a simple one to put away, and he just kind of slapped that over. And I think we just we saw that on a couple of occasions where guys just were a little bit rushed about what they were doing and slashing at the ball. Um, but in my experience, tells me that that's very, very typical for MLS teams that are coming off of preseason. It's the last part that really comes together is is what happens in the final third and in particular what happens in front of goal. 
How much is this team going to change? Because presumably you've got two starters waiting to join the team. Maybe maybe Matt Crooks is going to be able to play in St. Louis. I'm not sure about his availability for the second game. But by the third or fourth game, there could be a couple starters who aren't even with the club right now. How much is that going to change what we're seeing? I think it's going to change it um, dramatically, actually. We're, we're big believers in Crooks. We're big believers in Petronas. Um, both of those guys should be contending for starting position the bat. To update everybody, I'm sitting here watching Crooks training, so I think he will be available for Saturday. It'll just be a question of how much he'll be available for because he just landed from uh, from London last night. You open on the road with the, these games, and you have no choice. you got to do it. That's the schedule. But how much can you use it to your advantage in terms of maybe uh, eliminating distractions from home and get some team bonding going and all that type of stuff? Yeah, it's always always opportunities when you're, when you're traveling, like you said, for the guys to be forced to spend more time together. So we believe that that's going to be a big, um, a big factor of us performing well. It's going to be the connections between the players, connections between the players and staff, connections between staff and management. We think that all of that alignment will be critical for us to succeed. So we are hope, hoping to take advantage of that opportunity with these two games. Jason, as I'm sure you're aware, in addition to being a sportscaster, I'm also an amateur psychologist. So factor wow. factor really? that into this next question. When I see 17-year-old Fidel Barajas, and he's supposed to be this talent, it's, it's like, okay, he's 17, everybody's got to have patience with him. But I thought on a night when there were a lot of nerves, the amateur psychologist reading his body language, when he came in the game, he just came in the game and played and didn't seem to be as impacted as some of the other other guys had been earlier in the match. And I've been told, I haven't been around much at all, but I've been told that uh, he is mature beyond his years and he maybe can really give the club something this season. What's your assessment of him, both his talent, but also factoring the fact he's 17? Well, let me answer, start telling you that I was a psychology major from college. Had a kid. You and I must both be in the same boat here with our amateur slash professional psychological opinions. Um, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Fidel, for me, I'm seeing signs of what I think could be a top, top player in our league. And most of those signs that I'm seeing, you know, obviously there's the, there's the technical perspective where he's, he's got good technique and he's got quality on the ball and he's a really good finisher around the goal. But what I like more than any of that stuff is just his mentality. Uh, he's a very hungry player. I call these guys hungry because they just they look like they they look like they're just so hungry to to improve and to be better and to become a top player. And he's got that sort of mindset and he's got this sort of no fear um, to him that we really like. I agree. I think the other night he came off the bench and he looked like he was he was comfortable. Yet there was no no nerves that you saw in a lot of the other guys at the beginning of the game. That's for sure. So you think that's a good spot for him, obviously, because his being so young and ease him into it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a player that's that's new to our league and new to our team, it's good that they, they're forced to kind of come in and contribute. I think it's, it's obviously an easier thing to do is to come into a game, watch the game for 60 minutes, understand sort of where the weaknesses are and where the space that you could operate in is. Uh, and then come and have positive contributions. So I think that's a really good starting point for him, and I think we'll continue to see that. But I expect that this is going to be a kid that's going to contribute a lot for our team this year. 
As far as your contribution, when you came back to the club, it was explained that uh, you would be creating kind of a new role. There'd be some business, there'd be some soccer, but it sounded like a lot of the stuff was to be determined. And uh, now you've got the title club director. What does that mean? What's been determined? What still has to be figured out as far as your role? Dave, I've been doing a lot, a lot with just that alignment piece and a lot with the culture of the club and trying to establish an identity and a culture and a soccer methodology that can be consistent running up from the 15s to the 17s and right into RSL uh, and really trying to pull everybody together so that we all understand exactly what our motivations are and exactly what we can get. Um, and so that process has been really enjoyable for me. Um, obviously, it's, you know, anytime that you're asking people to do something different or do something more than what they've done before, it's, you, you run into some, some troubles. But all in all, it's been a really good experience. I think we're all beginning to understand where we're trying to get. RSL has St. Louis coming up now, uh, Saturday night. And they finished in the top spot in the West a year ago. They did not finish the season particularly well. The very end was a struggle, and they're out quickly in the in the postseason. But they've opened with a win in the, well, it used to be called the Champions League, the Champions Cup now. So they've got a competitive game under their belt. What are you expecting from them? What's the main uh, challenge for RSL in, uh, in game number two? Yeah, really interesting club that, that did amazing things last year. I think really surprised everybody around the game how well they did and how many wins they got and where they finished, right? They played in the Western Conference. And then talking to see them go out in the first round of the playoffs. So that is probably both good and bad. <laughs> the bad is that I think they're going to come into this season with a with a little real bit between their teeth. And we saw them perform Tuesday night, I think it was, uh, with Houston. Really solid performance, gained a good win against a very good team. Um, and they're, I think they're also a, a group that, that has um, a little bit of a different mindset and a different confidence at home. So it's going to be a difficult, difficult opponent for us Saturday night. They did another thing. I think they probably rotated some players in that game Tuesday, probably played a little bit weaker lineup than what we expect to see Saturday. So some of their best players may have gotten some rest. So challenging for us. Um, but I think, you know, again, after our second half performance, we have some confidence to take out of that. And hopefully we can put that performance together for more like 90 minutes this game and come out with a positive result. Jason, we appreciate a few minutes, and we will uh, talk to you again later this season. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Appreciate it. Jason Christ, Real Salt Lake Club Director, join us right here on The Zone. Great awesome board. Utah State star player is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. The Aggies get the weekend off. Come down from the... Uh, what must have been a massive sugar rush and a massive high after beating the San Diego State Aztecs in a sold-out spectrum that was going nuts. He will join us coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour right here on The Zone. Accessing. 